The Mindspo Podcast. What do you see with your mind's eyes? Welcome back. Let's elevate. Roll your shoulders up and back. Unclench your jaw. Elongate your spine as you take a deep breath in. And now, exhale. Now take your mind to that person, place, or thing that you have gratitude for and start to feel into the joy available to you at all times. Elevate into a higher vibration as we expand together and dive into this conversation. Welcome back to the Mindspo Manifestation Series brought to you by Manifesty App. I'm here with my partner in crime, my partner in life and in business, the co-founder of Mindspo and Manifesty App, Chris Soul. Hello again. Hey, baby. Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Today, we're interviewing you. Me. We are. Really? We're interviewing you about how you are such a lucky boy. Oh. Because this episode is all about lucky girl syndrome, which is a term coined on TikTok. But really, you are the luckiest boy I know. You have been doing this lucky syndrome magic since way before this even became a trend. You have a lucky mindset. You always expect to get lucky and magical things always happen to you. And you've taught me how to build a lucky mindset, how to expect the best. And today I want to get into your head. How do you do it? Well, I mean, it just makes sense. It just makes sense. When you get really interested in all the manifestation stuff and you realize that you are the creator of your reality and you have so much more control than you previously thought, then like, it just makes sense that you start exercising that control. If you realize that reality is malleable, then what kind of life would you like to create? Right? It's kind of like the Inception thing, the action or the Inception thing, but they always use Inception clips when they show Alan Watts's audios, you know, where they say about like, you dream the dream, the infinite dream, you dream a thousand years in a night, what kind of dream would you want it to be, right? So I think most people are just very bound by what they've seen before, what everyone around them is telling them, and then that leads you to think like the 99.9% .9 of everyone else, which are a part of the equation. You need all these unlucky people to create one person who ends up being the lucky person in every scenario. And so if you can choose whatever reality you want, why wouldn't you choose to be the lucky one? Does it mean it works every single time? Hell no. But what do you have to lose? There's just been a lot of little artifacts along the way, little sayings from people, little epiphanies that, that kind of amount up to this just making sense to me. Elon Musk said, I'd rather be an optimist and be wrong than be a pessimist and be right. Mm -hmm. And I think that perfectly sums that up. It's, you have nothing to lose by expecting to get lucky. And every once in a while, you start to get lucky. You start to get lucky more often. And you, like, I've seen this in action so many times where I'm like, oh, and it's about just, just expecting it. It makes you have a more positive outlook on every day as well. How do you keep expecting to get lucky when things don't 
workout, when something isn't going your way and you're staying with this kind of, I'm lucky, I'm lucky, I'm expecting the best mindset, and then things don't work out and in the best case scenario, how do you maintain this? Because this is something like you keep this mindset regardless of the evidence, regardless of what's coming through. You continue to be Delulu. Look, first of all, I would say that I don't wake up every day thinking I'm the lucky one. Like I'm human as well. So I have my down days, down hours, down minutes. Yeah, but they're very slim. So Yeah. So, I mean, overall, I think it's just a belief that you install through repetition. I guess I've had lots of evidence in my life of alternate ways of being and thinking and living, working out. Mm -hmm. When everyone goes right, I go left. That's a saying I always say, because you can always turn back. Maybe you're a little behind the crowd, but nine times out of 10, when I've applied that way of thinking, when everyone, when the crowd is doing whatever, just take a peek and see like, what would the alternative look like? I think about what the alternative is first. I throw caution in the wind. I think that's where the gold is. In, in life. And it's just a part of my identity mm. at this point. And it's why I'm wearing this ridiculous shirt. It's because most people wouldn't. <laughs> and I like that. I like that. It's like a, an eccentric way of thinking that leads to interesting results. Okay. You said something there that I want to go deeper on, being eccentric. So you have a high value on eccentricity. You are an eccentric person. You like being eccentric. Mm-hmm. How does being eccentric relate to being lucky? Because it's about being a non-conformist. Okay. Conforming means just going with it. And it's so funny, right? Because there are paradoxes here. Because I believe in going with the flow. But the funny thing is culture quite often doesn't go with the flow. Culture is forceful. It's stressful. It's pressured. And I find that... For instance, the old me, before I learned meditation 12 years ago, would go into a social setting and I would become socially anxious, even just ever so slightly. If I was standing by myself, let's say I'm with someone and they go, hey, I'll be right back. I've got to go to the toilet. If I'm suddenly standing by myself in a lively nightlife like place and I'm by myself, my brain starts making all kinds of weird thought patterns. Oh, why you, you look strange because you're by yourself and you're doing nothing. Like maybe you should dance. Maybe you should get a drink. Maybe you need to smoke a cigarette. It's like I used to smoke cigarettes when I'd be in clubs. And if I really think back to what was going on, it's because my brain was trying to give me something to do so I look like I had a purpose. Because being purposeless in this nightlife environment seemed a bit odd. It seemed you should be socializing. You should be dancing. You should be doing something. And these days... I actually get a kick out of being able to be completely by myself in a nightlife environment and feel so beyond comfortable that it's like I'm in my own living room. I could like everyone could be dancing and I could for a moment just stop dancing in the middle of a dance floor and just kind of look around and be present. And that level of comfort and that level of not needing to change myself on purpose for whatever is eccentric. (laughs) It's kind of strange because everyone's moving with this rhythm of you've got to keep drinking, got to keep smoking, got to keep doing something. And for me, I, I get a kick these days out of just being as comfortable as I can possibly be in my own skin in any given moment. And 
I think it's just about like marching to your own beat, which I can do because I know that I don't know, first of all, and I know that nobody else knows either. That's the thing. It's like reality is so mysterious, especially once you start to take on an understanding of the law of attraction. You're like, oh, shit, this whole thing is way more mysterious than I even thought. I thought everything made sense. I thought the person on the television knows what's happening tomorrow. I thought this, that everything has already been everything's already been discovered. Everything's already been predicted. We've already figured it all out. And then you start to realize, actually, we've figured out barely anything. But once again, paradoxically, we've figured out more than ever before at this time. And it's there's all these strange ideas where it's we've never known more and yet we still know next to nothing. And that leads me just to be I don't even know how to describe it, but it's I try to abandon everyday ways of thinking in not so far that it turns you into a total alien. You want to be able to walk two levels at once. You want to be able to function in society and have a career and have friends and do all these things. But I entertain ways of thinking that make me, I suppose, unusual. If I open my mouth to a lot of people and I'm actually saying what's on my mind, they would think that I'm a bit of a strange person. Or they'll say, whoa, that's that's deep, bro. And I'm like, that's just my way of seeing reality at this point. Like, it seems flexible. It seems malleable. I have a belief that infinite timelines exist simultaneously, and I'm shifting between all these alternate realities, depending on what I think, feel, act, say. And so there are lifelines that exist right now accessible to me where I'm like the luckiest person in this universe and everything just keeps going right. But most people believe that all bad things come in threes. So like something bad happens. Oh my God, what's the next bad thing? And so they start attracting it. And so, oh my God, there it is. There's the next bad thing. Oh, here comes the, I do the exact opposite. I'm like, what if everything works out? How do you think that being lucky, keeping this kind of like lucky boy syndrome mentality, Uh how do you feel that has supported you in business? It allows me to be optimistic about possibilities. It allows me to stay open to new opportunities. It allows me to gain energy from potential because where some people might be like, oh, the odds of that working out are so slim and blah, 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 blah. I'll be like, every great story out there is someone against the odds believing in something while everyone's saying that's not possible. And then they just go and do it anyway. Mm -hmm. And there was a saying I heard once, which was, if you want to live a life like no one else, you got to live a life like no one else. And that to me comes down to you got to start thinking like no one else, or at least you got to start thinking the way you think no one else is thinking. You know what I mean? There are people who are thinking in similar ways. For me, one of the biggest things was actually, and it was an audio book I listened to that kind of just hammered it home, right? There are so many different people out there who've lived so many different lives. And sometimes you're looking for like a bit of a model to follow. You'll be like, okay, who this person's lived this way of their life in a way that I can emulate. And I'm always sticky taping little moments of inspiration together. And there was an audio book I listened to one time in a single setting. I think I mentioned it on this podcast before is when I was driving uh, a car from the Gold Coast to Sydney, 10 hours. I listened to When I Stop Talking, You'll Know I'm Dead, useful stories from a resourceful old man, I think it was called. It was the life story of Jerry Weintraub, this guy who had this, who had basically an extremely boring life until he was 30, had achieved 
practically nothing, had a dream one night that he was Elvis's tour manager. At the time, Elvis was the height of stardom. Pursued for a year trying to convince Elvis's manager to let him take him on the road as the tour manager. Eventually, he managed to to get it to happen. That kicked off a whole series of lucky instances in his life by anyone else's standard. He became Frank Sinatra's tour manager, then some somebody else eventually went into movies. He created uh, the Karate Kid. He wrote the Karate Kid. He became the producer of Ocean's 11, 12, 13, all this stuff. He lived this huge life. I and mean, when you listen to his autobiography or his actual biography, even reads it, it's just like a big life. Like he ended up f- being at the front line of uh, the Russian president's uh, funeral on, and stuff. He's just like one story after another of this like eccentric, creative, adventurous, big life from this seemingly average guy who just, you know, who just put himself out there and just believed in that it could be possible. And there was one moment in that book where I had to pull over on the middle of the highway. I mean, there was no one, I wasn't endangering anyone, but I had to pull over to write down what he said because he gave away a foundational belief that I felt like underpinned all of his life's success. And it was just this, always expect to get lucky. And when I heard that, I go, there it is. That's a foundational piece of the puzzle. And it kind of felt like in that moment, it gave me permission to go deeper on what I previously thought was some kind of like kooky, ungrounded, juvenile thoughts that I was always entertaining, that were always niggling at me. But I'd never heard somebody who you anyone would say is, wow, you should listen to this guy. This guy's lived a huge life. And here he is saying exactly that same thing, that juvenile doe-eyed, optimistic perspective that I had and I have, it just gave me like, I rarely ask for permission, but I felt like that gave me a bit more permission to really lean into that. What's your relationship with disappointment? Because I feel like the reason why sometimes people don't want to expect to get lucky or don't want to expect the best is because we are so worried and concerned with the feeling of disappointment. Like the idea of putting ourselves out there and going for it, the flipped coin side of that is that we're going to be disappointed if it doesn't work out. So how do you navigate disappointment in your head? Is it something that you think about? No. Not at all, because for one, I, I have no regrets ever. I I live a regretless life because it's just yep. a waste of time to think back. Like First of all, the past cannot be changed. It's concrete. It's solid. The only way you can change the meaning of the past is through forgiveness, which I practice as well significantly because I realize this is all a giant mysterious matrix of ridiculousness. So like, I can't hold somebody else to some perfect standard that I know I personally can't uphold either. Mm. So I forgive. I don't have regret. And I don't future trip about disappointment because I believe that I'm going to get lucky. And even if I only get lucky one out of 10 times, that's great. It just means I need to try 10 times and then I'll get lucky. If I don't get lucky, I'll just let that go. Because if I didn't do that, I would never experience that luck or success in the first place. So like, this is the price that you pay, the potential disappointment. And at the end of the day, it's like, it's not, it's that whole thing of like, it's not failure, it's feedback, right? I can't lose if I don't stop, if I don't stop trying. And I'm not going to stop trying. 
So like disappointment, whatever that is, just like all I've done is figured out one more way that didn't work. All right, cool. On to the next way. I feel like for you and I, that is really this joint belief and this joint value that we have on being relentless. Mm. That is something that you and I share, that we are just relentless in the pursuit of things that we want to go after and no one can stop me. I have this very, very strong thing in my head that is like, try and stop me, bitch. I don't know who it is is that's trying to stop me, but I have built this like imaginary person in my mind that is probably the voices of all the people that have ever told me I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, or I can't do it. And all all these moments to me have built into being this big energy behind me that is like somewhat wanting me to fail or wanting me to fuck up or wanting me not to get wherever it is I want to go. And I use that energy to be relentless, to really just keep walking in the path. I think I have, I don't think you necessarily have no, that. No, I, I use a different fuel source. But I, But I definitely do. I yeah. have that. I hear this often. Like we, we know people who have this the same drive as you do, where it's like about proving people wrong. It's not way. so much about proving people wrong. It's about it's making myself proud. I mm. think it used to be about proving people wrong. It's more for me of I'm going to show me that I can do it in the face of everyone telling me I can't. I think there's just been so many moments in my life where I've just been minimized by people or people have tried to put me in a box or tell me I'm small or just focus on my looks or tell me I'm stupid or correct my spelling and tell me I'm an idiot because I'm dyslexic and not take me seriously or scoff at me or just there's so many moments that I felt such a a negativity and a a bad reaction from people that if I hadn't learned how to meditate and I hadn't learned how to silence the inner bitch in my head, that I let those voices really take hold of me for quite a few years. Like I used to hear those voices all the time. Now I don't hear those voices. Now I just have this energy, which is like, well, all of those voices have just turned me into a relentless motherfucker that is just going to absolutely go for it and be the last one standing because Mm. you can't hurt me. And I think that's yeah. You have more of the um. What's that book? Can't hurt me. Literally, you can't hurt me, David Goggins. Yeah, like Dave, you've got the David Goggins. Dude, thing. I You're love like- that book. I read that book. <laughs> I had to put it down. I read like three quarters of it. You know, I have. Can I tell you something funny about that book? I haven't finished it because I was so happy reading it that I didn't want to finish it. So I have left it unfinished no because when I was reading it, I was like, "Yes, this is amazing." Mm. Like I feel into that energy I- so much. I have a value on like balance and I guess, oh, and I'm not, I'm not, don't take it the wrong way, but it's like you, 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 you come at it with intensity, whereas I come at it from more as like water dripping onto a rock. It's like, Am keeps, I the rock? it just keeps going. You're like a rock cracking the other rock. <laughs> You're a stronger rock cracking rocks. Whereas I'm kind of more like the water drop, just being like, I'm just going to keep coming back, you know? Remember we watched, what was that movie we watched the other day? Where the guy Doctor Strange, where he just keeps coming back, yeah, and he keeps getting killed by the plan, the fucking planetary demon yes. thing. I'm like that guy. Mm. I'm just like tomorrow. I've come to negotiate or whatever it was. My next question. <laughs> 
What are some things that people can do daily within their mindset and just within the way that they think and they operate that you feel could help them feel into this lucky boy syndrome, this like lucky energy that you have? What are some key things that you say to yourself or some beliefs or just like some foundational things that could really help people take action on this? Something that helped me was Alan Watts Mm -hmm. because that for me, listening to him all those years ago, 10 years ago, 11 years ago, it really just instilled in me a awareness of the mystery. Mm -hmm. Because I think when people don't expect to get lucky, it's because they're just living in the world of 10,000 things, as Lao Tzu would would call it. They're living in the world of labels, of statistics, and well, no one else has done it. It's just this, you're negging your potential because you think everything's already known Mm -hmm. and life is predictable. And that's why. So for me, becoming more aware of just how mysterious reality is by noticing when your mind is making these generalized lazy statements where you put entire countries in single statements and everything's like this and everything's like that. Mm-hmm. When you meet people who are just like lazy conversationalists, like everything's just a generalization, every single goddamn statement, realize that that's all a bunch of baloney, okay? You can't say anything about an entire country worth of people other than maybe that they all breathe air. You could say that and you'd be right, you know? I feel, I agree. You can look at the statistics and you can talk about statistics, but you have to realize that the statistics are not including like the phenomenon that can happen. And I feel like if you reduce yourself to looking at statistics and you live your life through a statistical lens, then you sometimes minimize your potential for magic. That's, I guess, the way that I would say it. For example, if I ever got sick with some sort of illness, the last thing that I want someone telling me is the statistics and the potential of what my numbers are of staying alive. I would literally say, thank you so much. This will be the end of that conversation. Mm -hmm. I am now now going to turn completely left. I might become a Buddhist and work for a charity in some other foreign country. I will be in the mountains completely disconnecting from this reality and I will come back healed. Um, So I think what you're saying there is, I do think you can talk about statistics, but I think what you're saying is not to reduce your life view to just a statistic, to start to widen the view. Yeah, I guess I see a correlation between closed-mindedness and not feeling lucky. Like if we're just looking at what I do inside of my head, I'm extremely high on the open-mindedness spectrum Mm -hmm. because I have spent a lot of time thinking about and becoming aware of just how unknowable the universe and life and everything actually is, right? You can get this sense of just how complex life actually is. Most people are worried about what other people are thinking, but that's because there is a fundamental illusion going on there. You think that everyone's actually thinking. Most people are not actually thinking. They're just receiving noise and they're letting a tiny little sliver out, me included, I'm aware of how fragmented my consciousness is. So if someone's like, oh my God, what do you think of this person? I go, honestly, it depends on what moment you ask me. Right now, I might be thinking something really positive. The next moment, I'm thinking something really strange. And the next thing, I'm thinking something negative. So let go of this expectation that everything needs to make sense. 
number one. And find the middle ground. Don't lose your mind in the process. Although Alan Watts' entire series that I used to listen to was called Out of Your Mind. And honestly, it, it takes, it took me on a journey. It took me on a journey from, ah, oh, life is so boring and everything's just known. And it's so archaeologists already figured everything out. Look at history. Look at the history books. And then you start to realize, you start to see these little archetypes. You start seeing like history books being rewritten You're constantly. You start seeing entire scientific theories being completely overhauled every however many years. They're like, oh, it's no longer particles. Now it's waves. Oh, it's no longer waves. Now it's the neutron cloud. I remember in the book, Dr. Joe Dispenza, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. There's this wonderful three-page diagram in the middle of the book where it's like it shows you the way we perceived reality like a hundred years ago. And it was like in The Simpsons when you see Mr. Burns's nuclear reactor, it had this symbol of these three rings with a dot in the middle. Mm -hmm. That was our understanding of what the fundamental matter of the universe. There's a particle in the middle and then like a bunch of electrons or something buzzing around it. And you could see them if you could look close enough, basically, even though no one ever did. Okay. And then they expanded that to this point of, oh, actually, it's a little, it turns out it's a little more mysterious than we thought. So they came up with this concept called the neutron cloud. So then the next diagram on the next page is a dot in the middle and then just this kind of like gray cloud around it. I'm like, right. So it's not three dots perfectly spinning anymore. And then, On the next page, they come with what we currently now believe, which is the quantum model of reality with superposition, particles being in multiple places at once, or they're only there if you're there to see them as the observer effect, which is a total mindfuck. So the next page was like our current model of reality, and it's just a blank page. And I was like, right, okay. So what you're saying is most people are walking around being like, everything is known. Just follow the people in the uniforms. They know what happens tomorrow. And- To me, that's a bunch of bullshit. And I'm like, I'm living in this construct. I'm living in this matrix and I'm doing my best at adding value and looking after myself and having good relationships and whatever else. But underneath, I harbor a set of beliefs, which is that it's unknowable. If I could truly describe it, it would not be in words. Okay. So just live in the gap, live in the mystery. Start to embrace, start to play around with that. And when you hear people give their very reductionist, minimized, general, mainstream kind of perspectives, you don't have to argue against them. You can just learn to observe them. Just be like, okay, I can see how how small the world is to a lot of people. They just live in this one little thing. You know, and there's so many pieces of evidence that you can see that kind of hint at this broader reality. Like astronauts having the overview effect when they see the entire Earth just on a black canopy, because when they're in space, they don't see blue like we see from the planet. It's just black. And then there's a blue marble. And then there is this light over there being the sun. They literally have an out-of-body experience because their perspective gets so widened. They realize that everything they've ever worried about is concentrated on that one little speck over there. But there's all this other shit. It just keeps going forever. There's more galaxies than there are grains of sand on this planet. So like my brain can't even fathom that, but play with that anyway, because it'll start to stretch your perspective. It'll start to crack open your perception that what you previously thought you were 
and your friends are and your job is and your purpose is and all this stuff where you just kind of slapped the label on it and kept going. Oh, you know, this is what life is and this is what love is and this is what that is. You start to remove those labels. And for me personally, I had to go through a bit of a roller coaster where you have some nihilism thrown in there occasionally, which is like when you start feeling like purposelessness and what's the meaning, what's the point of life? And it can turn a little negative at first, but after a while, it just turns into this state of optimism that because you can look at something like a butterfly or a flower or a sunset and you just get this sense of this is fucking magic. This is actually incredible. This is unfathomably, undescribably incredible. And I don't know, when you start to crack open this way of seeing the world a little more, it makes you start to feel like things are possible. Mm. All right, last question. Last question, hit me. Biggest tool that people can do or take home or start or implement from today that -hmm. would help them crack open? Honestly, and and you're going to call me a broken record because I'm going to say this every goddamn time, but it's learn to calm your mind. And don't just learn how to calm your mind. Actually start doing it every day, multiple times a day. It doesn't have to be a formal meditation practice all day long. You do your meditation practice in the morning, but then there are all these moments throughout the day where you can just like let go of your mind because you know that you're not your mind. So you can let go of the noise in your head and move your awareness more into the space of not knowing. Just learn to observe things without labeling them, without judging them, without measuring them. Oh, this is good and bad and big and small. Forget all that shit. Just look at things more moment by moment and realize just how incredible, ridiculous. I don't have the words to describe it. Like I said, I can't put this into words, but like calm your mind because the noisier your mind gets, the more attached you get to it and the more attached you are to the stories and the labels and the stuff going through your head, the more you're missing the actual reality that is beyond the layer of labels that most of us are living in, the world of 10,000 things, as Lao Tzu says. Mm. Move beyond the world of 10,000 things and everything becomes infinitely more magical and interesting and you will start to get a sense that you're also a part of it. That's the biggest thing. Most people are just trapped in their meat puppet and they think that they're having encounters with reality all day long, but it's you're also a part of that reality. Look into your partner's eyes, your friend's eyes, your family's eyes. Look at an eye and realize how incredible an eye actually is. Yeah, Look into it and realize you can never truly know it. Not if you're trying to describe it. So just like, I don't know what you want to call it. But sometimes we try to call it enlightenment or something. Getting this, uh, the oceanic feeling. Just this broader sense. And... Stop trying to have the answers. Realize that the most interesting people in this world are just people who are interested. And the more you learn, the less you know. All right. Thank you so much. (laughs) There you go. All I have is questions for you. (laughs) I don't have any answers. (laughs) I love it. I hope that inspired you to really feel into just being a little bit more 
optimistic to look at the world with a little less judgment and a little more magic and observe rather than judge and just to bend reality a little bit more in your mind and realize that you don't have to take everything so seriously. And what have you got to lose if you expect to get lucky? Not much. Whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. And that's a wrap. We'll see you in the next one. Thank you for joining me for this episode. You can discover more from Mindspo on Instagram and TikTok by following at Mindspo and myself at Rochelle underscore Fox. If this episode inspired you, then please pass it on and share the love. And if you're new to our world and you want to elevate your mind and step into your best self, then be sure to download our app Manifesty from the App Store and take advantage of the free trial. With Manifesty, you can create your own vision board movies, practice powerful meditations, and set affirmation reminders so your phone supports your journey towards that abundant vision of your future. And lastly, always remember, you create your own reality. So go and make some magic.